Welcome to the Boxing Innovators podcast on Square Mile. Um, a pleasure, a delight to be joined by the one and only Ebony Bridges. How are you, Ebony? I'm good, Martin. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you. It's uh, it's a pleasure. And uh, we we're just discussing about you settling into life in, uh, in Essex. Um, yeah. And that's probably where I want to start, actually, because um, you've now moved over. Is that right full time or is this just kind of training camp by training camp? Kind of training camp by training camp for now. Like, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, I don't have a return ticket at home, but um, I'm just focusing on my, yeah, I'm just focusing on my um, fight for now. And it just depends whatever happens after my fight. You know, I'm just rolling with the punches and going where the wind takes me. So I'm not really settled in here. I'm, you know, um, there's no real full stop dots um, certainties for me yet. But I'm just going where, wherever my career takes me. And for now, that is here in Brentwood, um, Essex, so I can train with Mark Tibbs. Excellent. So as people who may not be familiar with you will probably have picked up by now, it's not an Essex accent that you, you hold. <laughs> it's an Australian one. Um, yeah. So you've moved over from Australia. Um, and we're going to come into a little bit of that background in a little while. Um, but as a boxer, you established yourself in Australia. And some of the background prior to that is you were involved in bodybuilding um, yeah. and teaching and then yeah. boxing. Um, it's quite a, a varied background that you've got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very contrasting um, for sure. Um, I started kind of obviously um, I was bodybuilding, but before I started boxing, I was ring, I was doing the card girl in the ring girl stuff, you know, so obviously holding, being in a ring, walking around with the cards, it's very different to getting in a ring and punching people in the face. So I'm quite contrasting there. And, and um, then obviously, yeah, the bodybuilding is, you know, I did that all through my 20s and that's a completely different athleticism, if you want to call it that, compared to boxing. You know, it's very just, you know, strength and static and, um, you know, obviously your diet, um, whereas boxing is obviously an athletic an athletic sport. Like it's an athlete, you've got to use athletics, you know what I mean? Which, um, which do you feel healthier? Which do you feel healthier doing? Boxing, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think everything about boxing is healthier, like mentally, uh, phys physically. I mean, um, the diet's obviously better. Um, yeah, like bodybuilding's intense, like, it, and you need, and to be good, like for me, for example, I won numerous titles, but to be like that, the mindset that you need and the head that you need and is probably it's extreme like anything I suppose I mean even to be the best in boxing you've got to be extreme to a degree but I I definitely feel like bodybuilding is um a level of its own yeah and then well again we're going to come on to the blended nature of your background around the teaching and things but have you now given yeah. up the teaching full-time to concentrate on being a full-time boxer is that is that now the yeah. progression Kind of, you know, I definitely given up full-time teaching. Um, so I was full-time up until 2021. Um, and then beginning of 20, beginning of first term in 2021, so like January, I told my school, look, I'm going to go off full-time and I'm going to just go on a casual basis, which means that I'm pretty much, you know, I told them I'll come in every day and I'll cover classes and I'll, and I'll teach as a casual substitute, whatever you call it over here. Um, so I'm still in a school, but if I get that phone call, hey, look, you know, you've got to fight, then I'm able to drop everything and just go overseas because when you're full-time teaching and I've got my classes, they're my students, you know, my, my classes, it's hard to just get up and leave for four weeks. Like, you know, like the, the kids, they need you. So just not having that commitment to the kids and the students, but still being in school because I love teaching so much. Like 
it's it's something that I, I'm truly passionate about. Um, but I still want to be in a school. And then so happens that I did. I get I got that call in you know in in March to to go and to to fight for the world title. So you know I had to drop everything, come overseas, and then you know obviously got stuck overseas because of COVID and and everything like that, and just kept going with my boxing, and I just um, left it like that. But I was overseas for like seven months. Um, and then when I went back in, back to Australia, um, just recently in, um, September, October, November, I was teaching. I still went back and did some, like the casual teaching because I just love it. I thought, well, you know, like, what else am I going to do? Like I'm over here. I might as well just teach and, and help the kids and, and all that kind of stuff. But again, now I'm here, you know, and obviously while I'm here in the UK, I'm not going to be teaching because I'm here for my boxing, do that, but I do wouldn't. Those, do those kids know you as? Ebony the teacher and Ebony the boxer or just Ebony the yeah, teacher? Yeah, No, no, they definitely know. They, they, most of them follow me on social media and they always ask me about my boxing and ask me about everything, you know. Um, I teach at a sports school. Um, so a lot of the students that I have uh, in there as a, um, like scholarships for sport because they're national or state or like international athletes. So um, in a way it's good for them because then they can see they have a teacher that's obviously doing stuff with sport. And I can also instill in them that mindset that I have for my sport and for my studies that I've done, you know, eight, seven, eight years of university, you know, but, but I'm still where I am. So it's like a good example to set for these kids and, and I've been there and I've done it and I'm doing it. So, you know, what better person that for them to, to learn off and be inspired by, by their teacher that's proven, proven to do it. And then when I go back to school, like after everything that I'm doing and achieving, I go back into school and, you know, they always always ask me about everything, and then and, and then I can tell you know tell them, and 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 I say, look, this is what you got to do, and then you can get here. You know, and they believe me because they're seeing me doing it. You know, it's not just some like, you know, textbook like learning. Do you know what I mean? Like they yeah. they they're really into it. They're proper fans. Like they 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 love they love it. I'm pretty sure they boast about it all the time that the teacher teachers, you know, the blonde bomber and and all that kind of stuff. So no, it's pretty cool. And is it difficult going from the mindset of being a teacher and you're there to instill stuff into students to being the learner when you've then got to turn up with, say, Mark Tibbs in a gym and you've got to change from being the one that knows everything to the one that needs to absorb everything? Is it difficult to do that? Are you OK with it? Not at all. I'm a learner. That's what, what I do. You know, um, life is all about learning and that's that's easy for me. Um and even when I'm in the classroom, I'm learning. I'm learning how to teach, you know, with the kids and I'm learning how they learn and I'm learning, you know, um, how how the students are in different ways. I'm getting my point across in different ways of getting into their heads and into their minds, you know, to to teach them. For me, even though I'm a mathematics teacher, for me, it's more about instilling the mindset in the, these students and these kids to, to wanting to learn and, and wanting to be better and wanting to be the best they can be and, and wanting to be successful because it starts with that mindset. If you don't have that mindset that you want to learn and that you want to be better and that you actually want to achieve, and then if you don't have that mindset, you're never going to learn. You're not going to want to learn. So it's really important for me to get in their minds with that so then they're open to learning, especially with math. math. You're like, oh, I can't do math. I hate it. I'm so dumb, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But if you open their eyes and, and make them believe that all they got to do is open, open their mind to learn and believe that they can learn, then they can. You know what I mean? And for me, that's that's the key. That's why I'm in that classroom. I'm in that classroom to teach them about that life skill of self-belief and trying and not giving up, you know, and the math just comes with it. That's just a way to teach that mindset. Do you know what I mean? But it's all about that. Yeah. And that's your kind of prior life and potentially your future life. We'll come on to again yeah. that, that kind of 
where you go after boxing. But um, for now, you've got a, a world title fight coming up in Leeds, um, yeah. coming up in March. I I kind of know the answer to this, but I don't really. What's your um, association to Leeds? Because there was you fought on the uh, the Josh Warrington undercard up in Ellen Road. Uh, now you're fighting up there again at the FD Arena. Um, but I know you've got an affiliation with Leeds. I just don't know why. Football, because I like Leeds United football. Okay. What, what, is that a Mark Viduka thing? Is that... Uh... Yeah, it's a Mark Viduka thing. Is it? Exactly. So, yeah, I love it. Duke. The Duke's my fave. Like, honestly, he's... Um, you know, when I was younger, I played football. Um, I played representative football. I don't know what it's called here, but, you know, you get selected to play in the good teams. And, um, yeah. yeah, back... This is, like, obviously with my... I'm showing my age, but, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, when I was, like, really into football, it was all Leeds, you know what I mean? And Mark Viduka and Harry Kuehl and, and most people around my age in Australia are Leeds, uh, there is a lot of Leeds fans in Australia because of that, that era, you know, of the, of Viduka and Kuehl yeah. and some of the other Aussie players, you know what I mean? And, and Leeds was a very popular team, um, you know? So yeah, it came like that, came about that. And then um, I was obviously into football, you know, most of my teens. And then I kind of pulled, not pulled away from, but lost a little bit. Football's not as, as popular in Australia like it is here, you know, like the, the fans, it's a bit different. Yeah. Um, and um, I started bodybuilding, obviously, and then my focus became on, you know, just bodybuilding and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, when I started, you know, hitting the UK market, it was like, you know, and all the football talk, and I'm like, man, I need to jump, you know, like get into the football more. And 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 it's just like it was easy for me because obviously, I'm, you know, I'm, I am a football fan, and and um, yeah, and it was just perfect, you know, perfect timing. And and um, I love Leeds, and I'm, I'm so blessed that I've been able to go into Leeds and, and go to the community and Ellen Road and meet the people of Leeds because I truly believe that I, I actually resonate with them a lot and I can relate to the Leeds people because all this is, you know, really the North, the Yorkshires, the Yorkshire people because that's the kind of, they're the kind of mentality and the kind of, I don't know if you demograph or whatever that I come from, you know what I mean? So, um, and just that laid back, but also like no fucks given, like, you know, mentality. Um, so, yeah, it's just how it is really. I like it. And um yeah, I mean, that kind of touches upon the, the profile aspect. And I think that's probably one of the things that people, um, there are some people out there, and we'll come on to this in a little bit, that won't give you the credit for your boxing ability, but they will certainly give you credit for your ability to build a profile. Yeah. Um, and if we go back, like when I was looking back through some of your record and things, it actually shocked me that your first fight in the UK was less than a year ago. It was in April of last year against Shannon Courtney. I've known of you for years. Um, yeah, you've only fought in the UK less than a year ago for the first time. Yeah. I think that that building a profile aspect um, has been something that you've, you're not the first boxer to ever build a profile, but you've done it in an era where you've done it on the other side of the world and then come over to the UK with that profile already in place a lot yeah. of UK boxers will build um, an affiliation to a football club. So as you almost have done with Leeds, but were you ever worried that like you'll come over here to the UK and there isn't a backing for you? Like you've come all the way from Australia. People are kind of talking about you on Twitter, but you ever worried, was there ever a point where you thought, crikey, I hope it's actually there? No. <laughs> you were confident enough in it. Very. Yeah, very. It's confident. Yeah. There was no that was very clear that I had a huge following over here before I came over. I took a year to build that following and I build that brand and build that marketing. 
and it was pretty probably prominent prominent that I had even more of a backing and following than British fighters here. So I had no, absolutely zero, no question that it was still going to be here. And I knew once I fought and once people actually saw me fight, it would be even bigger, which it did exponentially blew up because then they seen that I was more than just a blonde bomber and whatever, you know, because people fell in love with the blonde bomber. People fell in love with the personality of me and, and my brand and who I am before they fell in love with my boxing because I purposely didn't show much of my boxing. I didn't feel the need to prove that I could fight or show my sparring or show my fights just to prove myself. I don't have to prove myself to anyone, you know what I mean? But I had people falling in love with just the genuine genuinity of me, that I'm genuine, you know, and I, and, and I sincerely do love fans and I do love talking to people and, and being interactive and being available, um, you know, because everyone I speak to I can learn off, you know, and, and everyone has their own story and, and I love to give people my, my time because it could change someone's life, me saying things and building and, and whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? And that's what it was. It was just that that I had people, fans that no matter what, they're in love with me and I knew that if win or lose, whatever, it wasn't my boxing they fell in love with, my, my following, it was me as a person. And a lot of people were, so obviously I had a lot of haters as well because they're like, oh, you know, you don't understand a box and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter, you know, it didn't, that didn't matter to me because I knew once they saw me box, which I was pro, which I proved, that one, I'd turn all those, a lot of those haters in, and doubters into believers, which I definitely did, you know, and I would bring a lot more fans, even more fans. And then my fans that are already fans of me, the Blonde Bomber or Ebony Bridges, are going to be proud of me because they're going to be like, yeah, see, we fucking knew it. We knew she could fight. And we're so happy that we supported her from the start and believed in her because, look, now she can. Do you know what I mean? And there's the people that are constantly still doubting me and talking shit about me. Like, it's their own fucking negativity. They just got their eyes shut and all they can see is my boobs. And that's that's fine, but that's not my problem. That's their problem. They can't see past my chest and the looks and, and the, the you know, what I'm doing in a, as a business brand for boxing because boxing is a business. Then that's their problem. And that's obviously insecurities or in jealousy but it doesn't bother me because because I know that it's got nothing to do with me and I know the graft that I put in I know the sacrifices that I've made to get where I am not just moving out of home and away from my my partner of nine years you know what I mean like giving up my life in Australia to come here not just that I'm talking about like even when I was first building my brand and marketing myself I was up in Australia you know it's COVID everyone's whinging oh, I can't do this can't do that I was waking up at two o'clock doing interviews or I was getting up at 5 a.m. I was, you know, sleep. Maybe I might do an interview at 10 p.m. Then I might do another one at 10 a, at 2 a.m. Then another one at 4 a.m. You know what I mean? Because I had to work with the time zones, you know, but I did that graft and I built that and I let everyone see the blonde bomber. This is what people don't understand is that boxing is a fucking business. And if you're still hanging on to this fucking thing where it's all, it's all just, it's purely just on skill, it's fucking not. Because I bet you anyone is amazing boxes in Ghana that no one's ever fucking heard about. Do you know what I mean? Or, Phil, or the Philippines or wherever the fuck. Do you know what I mean? So if it was just on skill, then you know about these people as well, but you don't, you know? Or you have pro, you have amateurs that turn pro and then they quit after two years because it's not the fucking amateurs where you get babied and your ass wiped. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like that. It's a fucking business. And if you actually look at boxing like a business like you would at any business, your fucking restaurant, you know, your, I don't even know, your cleaning service, or, you know, your construction building um, business, you, you need to build it. And it takes a year to two years to build a business and you need to advertise. How are you going to get people to come and use your product or come and use your business if no one knows who the fuck you are? No one even knows about your business. No one even knows that there's fucking, 
Sally's cleaning lady down the street. Do you know what I mean? That's fucking brilliant. You know what I mean? Like if no one knows about you, how are you gonna how are you gonna get the business? That's boxing, man. And of course you need the skills to back it up. You can't be like shit at what you do because you're not gonna, it's not gonna sustain. But the first step in anything is to be get get known if you want to make money, if you want to build a business. It's simple. It's it's I didn't even fucking study business, I study mathematics, but it's like common sense to me. Oh, I, I always you know, I find out about things because my biggest frustration, because I know loads and loads of lads around the small hall scene, lads and ladies around the small hall scene that don't spend any time of their day on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, like promoting themselves. And I think you're not you're not training 24 hours a day. You're not, yet, you're then not they that no one knows who they are. Yeah, and yet you'll complain you can't sell the tickets no. to go with it. But actually... There are enough yeah. hours of the day where you can set aside one hour, one and a half hours of every day to do that time building your profit. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Especially during COVID when there's nothing else to fucking do. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I did. And I, give, and I didn't listen to anyone saying, oh, she's this and that. Like, you can't listen to no one either. Because if people pulling you down and trying to trying to stop you from doing it, they're just jealous. You know what I mean? And, then, and um, So go on. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, I, I just can't believe, I know everyone's so wowed about my marketing, my business and, and you know, my profile and, and my promotion, but fuck me, I feel like it's fucking such common sense. Like, I don't know, like, it's common fucking sense. You know what, I don't like to sit on Instagram all day, and all day or whatever, but it's what you got to do. I don't like fucking running either, but guess what, I got to run every day <laughs> to, get, to, to get ready for my fight because that's part of the job. I got to run, you know. I don't like fucking doing half the shit that I do, but you got to do it because it's part of boxing. It's part of your career. It's part of what you can do. So there's people like, oh, I don't like social media. I don't like doing it. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool, man, but don't expect to fucking get shit if you're not going to put that work in, you know? Trust me, I don't I, I don't like it. I like, I can't wait to have a break. Do you know what I mean? But I just know that it's it's worth it. Now that I have built that profile, my brand's just fucking growing exponentially by itself pretty much because I put in that hard work and I made those sacrifices for over a year, two years. I'm at a point now where I don't even need to do it really anymore because it just keeps flowing. And yet but, you I put the graft, but I put the graft in, you know what I mean? So now it's okay. And I'm glad that I did that. Do you know what I mean? But it's like anything. You've got to graft first. You've got to put the work in. You know, you got to make those sacrifices and do shit you don't want to fucking do. You know what I mean? There was, there was a really salient point I thought that you made within that around there might be a, a really brilliant boxer somewhere in whatever country, Ghana or whatever it was that you yeah. said. Um, that doesn't maybe get the opportunities. And actually, I'd looked into it, and I think on BoxRec, so I think there's 146 active bantamweights on, on BoxRec uh, in the female division, 835 in men. So it's clearly a smaller talent pool, of which they've got you ranked 26. Um, and of the 25 above you, there are 11 who have never had a world title shot. Um, so... I suppose the question being, do you think it's just a matter to, you've put that time and effort into building your profile and that profile builds opportunities as much as the boxing might be. Of course. Sorry, of course. Boxing is a business. As if a promoter is going to get some girl no one fucking knows, put on a show, pay them so much money for no fans to come and see. You've got to sell tickets, man. Bums and seats. I've been saying that from day one. I'll put bums and seats. It's about bums and seats getting views, getting people to watch. Look how many people tuned into Shannon Courtney and Ebony Bridges because I fucking pumped that promotion because I did what I did because of me. Do you know what I mean? Everyone tuned into that. People from all over the world. 
you know, everyone watch people that don't even watch women's boxing, male boxers that probably never been interested to watch a women's boxing fight in the world watched it. People watched that fight because people wanted to see the blonde bomber. And it's fair to say you both took that opportunity, like you both grafted your asses off to get that profile, to get that. And of then- course. I mean, like it's, people can whinge as much as they want, you know, about people getting what title fights and all these people deserve it more and blah, blah, blah. Like, mate, like promoters put a lot of money into fights. Like you're going to, like you got to get paid, right? But they got to get paid too. Like, yeah. And the outcome of it was you showed you could fight. Like, hopefully enough people out there recognise off the back of it that <laughs> you're not just a profile. You're somebody who can not just give it, but also take it in the ring as well. And, you know, it was... And not only can I fight... And not... Sorry, Sorry go on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not only can I fight, but I can... I... Yes. You good? Yeah, yeah, sorry, it's caught up. Yeah, and not only can I, I show that I can fight, um, I've also got heart, a lot more heart than a lot of a lot of people. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I continue to show that through all my fights. Um, and all I needed to do was have that fight to show people. And the people that don't don't want to give me credit, that's fine, man. I don't care. <laughs> like, because I'm the one making the money and I'm the one getting the fights and I'm the one that's, you know, inspiring a lot of other people. Yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about as well, is that, um, actually, I'm going to come on to that, because the fight prior to um, prior to Courtney was your fight with Carol Earl out in Australia. Um, and I found that fascinating at the time, in that there's a guy in Nadim on Twitter who uh, is out in Australia, and he turned up at the fight and he kind of showed it. Um, and that was about the only broadcast footage I saw of it. And as you said earlier, it's not something that you go out of your way to do is to show your old fights or show your sparring. You want people to buy into the the why, the personality aspect of it, rather than necessarily the product before you got to show the product off. Not really. No, it's not got nothing to do with that. I just didn't feel like I needed to prove myself. I didn't need to prove that I could fight because I knew I could fight. I don't want people buying into just the product. I don't want people just to buy into the the, the ebony bridges. I don't want that. I want them to buy into it all. But I don't really care what it is. I don't care as long as I've got the fans and I'm putting the bums on the seats and I'm bringing eyes on women's boxing. Whether it be my fucking weigh-ins, whether it be my fighting, whether it be my personality, all I care about is getting more people to watch me, watch the sport, because that makes me money. It's that simple. I don't care about respect. Because no matter what you do, you can't expect respect from people. Katie Taylor's, you know, one of the best fighters in the whole world. People slag her all the time, talk shit about her. She's fucking amazing. Not everyone likes Katie either. Do you know what I mean? They're always going to find something to pick on you and call you shit and say shit and whatever. Do you know what I mean? doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I find it, um, what you say about the the weighing in in, in underwear side of things. Um, what, everyone weighs in an underwear, yeah. You want to say? I said, yeah, everyone weighs in an underwear. Yeah, see, I find it interesting that people have highlighted this so much with you in that men have been doing this for the best part of since boxing began, right? You've had... Women weighing in underwear. Yeah. The difference is I have... Uh, difference is I have silicon tits. Difference is I've got big boobs. And my body looks mad. And I look like fucking blonde hair and whatever. That's the difference. Because they all wear underwear. Maybe yeah. some girls wear a crop top. But they all wear most of them. Ninety percent of people that weigh in wear underwear. 
I'm wearing underwear. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. What's the difference? Do you find do you find it strange that you've been almost singled out for that? In the, yeah, it's not strange, but it's constantly. I'm constantly getting singled out. Constantly, it's frustrating a little bit because I see other people do things. And I'm like, how come they're not copping it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like so many like me and Courtney copped it so much for our world title fight. But I can list probably about twenty other women that have a world title fight under ten fights. Yeah, but not once have they been being battered at eyelid or bring up being brought up to attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's very double standards for me, and it's purely my looks. Yeah. My body, my chest, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Good. No, it's, it's true. No, I agree. Because it's different. Um, do you think the rest of your career you're going to see it out in England now? Is that the intent to, to carry on the boxing this side of, um, this side of the world? I'm, I'm happy to be global, man. I'd like to go fight in America again. Um, wherever, you know, whatever. I've got big fans in Mexico, huge fans in Mexico. I like to fight in Mexico. I don't really mind, you know, wherever wherever boxing takes me, wherever the money is, you know what I mean? And um, and the fans want me to fight. I'm, I'm not fussed. A bit of a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a gypsy, you know what I mean? Like, as in, uh, I travel around. I don't really mind, you know what I mean? I'm, I just go wherever it takes me, and I have absolutely no real... Care. I just know, for example, in Australia, there's it's, there's no money in Australia, there's no fans in Australia for boxing, really. It's not that big. It really isn't. You know, that's why all the Australians move, try and get out of Australia, you know. Um, so, yeah, but hopefully that changes soon. It's, it is changing a little bit. Boxing's getting a bit better over there now. Yeah, and we've seen, for instance, Sky Nicholson's come over to the UK just last weekend. Yeah. Um, would you kind of mentor her as she turns professional yeah in terms of- well I already have talks to her all the time you know what I mean um I help her and I give her advice and especially on like you know haters and stuff in Australia because Australia is very small poppy everyone's jealous and everyone hates you and you know you can't you do something well you get out of the country everyone wants to fucking drag you down and, and pull you down and and all of a sudden hate you know friends become enemies um and it's really sad and she knows that and she feels it and I just warned her of it and she she gets it and and I said, just don't worry about it because you're doing amazing and you keep doing you. You know what I mean? Don't, don't listen to the negatives. Because when you start listening to the negatives and listening to all the people that are, you know, um, trying to drag you down, then that's, you, you get dragged down. But you can't. You just got to stay on your path and you, you got to just do your thing and, and believe in yourself. So, you know, it's just she, she's young. Um, and obviously it's, it is new, new to her, the world. And, and, you know, she knows that she can trust me and always try and help her out as much as I can. And, um Australian boxing kind of in general is not necessarily a renaissance, but the likes of Georgia Cambosos, um, Dempsey Keane, yourself, Sky Nicholson, you're saying about it, there isn't the money over there for it. Do you think there will be the money over there for it in time? Or is it is it just not a sport that's gonna gonna build a legacy over there at present? Well, I don't know. Look, you've only just meant you've literally only mentioned names of matchroom fighters. Can you name any other Australian fighters? No, I can't. Uh, if I'm honest. Exactly. Yeah, you can't because no one knows about Australian fighters because it's not big, you know what I mean? And, and they don't put themselves out there and it's just as how it is. Do you know what I mean? So before all these got signed, you probably didn't, you probably the only person knew was Blonde Bomber. But you know how many boxes there are in Australia? There's heaps, heaps of boxes. The boxing scene is huge in Australia. The problem is there's no fans because it's, it's just different. You know, we, we have rugby league and, and AFL and these sports that are taking over. They're much more prominent before boxing, you know, and the money's not there. You can't, Unfortunately, you can't get paid if you don't have the fans. So promoters 
they can't give you good, they can't pay you right or or you know sponsorships and things like this is harder when you're not getting that exposure or you're not bringing in bringing it in you know yeah like i said it is changing a little bit you do have a promoter over there no limit that's, that promotes um tim zoo it's very so much tim zoo show but it's um it's good you know what i mean that he's using that platform and you're getting footballers to fight you know on the card kind of like a cross promotion with footballers fighting um as in rugby rugby players fighting so um so it can bring in more fans and, and different fans because obviously the rugby league fans will turn into the boxing as well. It's a way to get fans in because boxing by itself probably wouldn't be able to get that much in. Yeah. Yeah. And would but you... I think with George, I feel like with George Cambosis' recent, you know, blast and profile boost and win, um, I think that's going to help Australian boxing a lot more as well um, because there was a big hype around that and that's what we need. We need people like that do things like George Cambosis or, or you know, hopefully me and, you know, Tim Zoo that, that boosts boost the boxing in more the mainstream, you know what I mean? Because it's a very small niche sport, you know, mainstream people don't know about boxing in Australia. Like it's because it's not, like if you walk, like you can still recognise a rugby league player even if you don't follow rugby, you know what I mean? Kind of like you with football. <laughs> but here, like, and, you know, here in the UK, boxing is one of the most main sports. You know, you're boxing, if you're a boxing star, you're a star. Yeah, and a special shout to uh, to Lucas Brown amongst that as well because I think he was probably the the first one oh, yeah, of this generation that, that yeah, yeah. crossed over as well. Um, yeah, but do you get recognised? Man, there's plenty actually, but yeah, like yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah. So you go down the shops or whatever. People pulling. Yeah, yeah, people pulling pull over, take photos. Not as I, I get it. Um, like maybe oh, I don't know, a couple of times a week, maybe. But um, if I was up north, obviously Leeds, it's like fucking all day, you know. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it's it's cool. So do you think there's a chance when you finish boxing? Um, I know you've spoken passionately about teaching and something that you'd really like to get back into uh, potentially. Like, or is there all that work you've put into your profile within boxing? Hopefully, would you be able to capitalise on that when you hang the gloves up and and stay around broadcasting or punditry, whatever it may be? I didn't miss out about the, the whole first part of that, but it's something about teaching and whatever. Um, yeah, after boxing, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm a huge boxing fan. I've been a boxing fan. That's why I got into boxing. I've been a boxing fan since I was younger. I love breaking down fights and analysing fights. I used to have a podcast myself where I just did fight analysts, pre and post fight analysts, because that's what I love to do. So, yeah, I'd love to get into commentating or anything to do presenting with boxing would be great. Anything on TV or, or doing tours and doing motivation seminars and trying to spread the positivity and, and mindset into people to help change people's lives and inspire people. Use my brand that I'm building, you know, so I can get my thoughts and my mindset and what I, you know, what I know that I can offer the world into a larger, you know, um, larger community. Like I'm so blessed that I have such a big profile that I'm able to spread this kind of mindset and, and the beliefs that I have and what I stand for to such a wide audience, you know, because I'd never thought of that. When I first started, the reason I started teaching was because I want to be in a classroom. I want to inspire the kids. I want to let them believe in themselves so they can change their future, you know, because I had a rough past and I just wanted to be that person that helped kids believe in themselves, you know, and, and change their lives and or 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 know that anything's possible kind of thing and that's just in a small classroom you know because i thought if it starts here with the kids and they can go into the, the adults but now I'm, i've got this such a big platform where i could actually use this platform to do it it's not just kids but the fucking world do you know what i mean 
and like older people, because it's never too late to change your life. It's never too late to start believing in and chasing goals. Never. You know what I mean? And I'd, I'd love to do, be able to give that back. Yeah. And I, one of those things I picked up on there is that you talk about how blessed you are with your profile as if you've not built it yourself. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. again, it comes back to like your years of building that up is what gives you the opportunity now to hopefully capitalize on it in the future. Um, yeah, definitely. I think that's such a key message to people yeah. that want to achieve anything in the well, sport. Exactly. Well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to just box and make money from boxing because one, I'm a female and I already knew women got paid absolute fucking bollocks. So I was like, I need more than just my purse from boxing. So to, to make money off sponsors, to make money off endorsements, you need to have a profile, man. You know what I mean? Like, otherwise they're going to be like, what am I going to pay you for? Like nothing, you know? They pay $3,000 a post on social media. Like it's fucking put up a picture. There's money. You know what I mean? Because of my following, like it's, it's, it's all about, you know, building a post boxing because I'm not 20, you know? So I know boxing is only a short window for me, but then what happens after boxing, you know, what happens is I've built this brand of Ebony Bridges or the Blonde Bomber. So I'm going to be able to keep making money and keep having endorsements and keep doing things with my name and brand after boxing without having to get punched in the face. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm thinking future yeah. because we need to do that. And, then you know? and I feel and I feel like with my maturity, obviously my age, I understand that, you know, um, where you wouldn't think like that when you're 20, 25, probably. I don't think I did, you know, um, and you would hope that you had someone in your corner to try and teach you that, which is what I teach the kids at my school. You know, you've got to set up, you've got to set yourself up, man, because sport's not going to be there forever, you know, okay. um, and you can just get an injury and your career could be over and then what? And there aren't, you know? there aren't many, if any, boxers I ever speak to that have that mindset. And it makes me think, would you want to go into, say, management of boxing when you come out of the sport? In that it would be a way that you could still use your profile and you could nurture people through a career and teach them, which goes, you know, blends into your passion, what they should be doing. Because not enough of them have that same uh, commercial mindset that you apply. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Of course, you know, um, I'd be into doing that, anything, because I like helping people, you know, and, and unfortunately there's not very many genuine people in boxing, you know what I mean? Everyone's out for their own sake and has their own agenda. There is a few, you know, but there's many, many snakes and people that are just ready to cross you to make their coin, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I mean, look, I generally want to help people and if I can do that, then, yeah, it's something I definitely look into. Awesome. Look. Ebony, I shan't take up any more of your time, but I wish you all the best for March up in Leeds, world title fight, and then who knows Great, what after you. that? Like, who knows? I don't know. All I'm focused on is that fight. I don't even know what I'm doing the day after or yeah. where I'm going to be. But whatever the outcome hopefully with my with my belt somewhere. Yeah, whatever the outcome of it is, hopefully you get that belt, you build that profile even bigger, and as you say, you've you've got a future with or without boxing that is because of the past and the work that you've done with it. And I think that's the most inspiring thing out of all. Of yeah. It. I mean, obviously being a world champion just puts the cherry on top of the whole story. You know what I mean? I came from here to there and, and the world title is, is, is the, the reward is, you know what I mean? Because the story of the blonde bomber, I think without a world title, it's just kind of, it's, it's just grazing. It's, it's kind of going like this, you know, but that's like the full stop, the exclamation mark. You know what I mean? Not the full stop, but the exclamation mark. And then we start a new sentence or a new paragraph or a new chapter, whatever it may be, but that's the end of this part, you know, and then we can go, move on. So, yeah, but I'm excited for it. And um, 
I'm, I'm visualizing every day that that belt's around my waist, my hands raised, and I'm going to be and the new. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I wish you nothing but the best for it, Ebony. Up in Leeds. Leeds, get behind you as I'm sure they Thank will. Um, and yeah, yeah. for March. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very I appreciate much. Appreciate it. The Square Mile podcast. Thank really you, Martin. Appreciate it. For more interviews and features with some of the most engaging personalities in TV and film, music, sport and culture, go to squaremile.com.